Well, good morning. I'm, I'm Barry Jones. I'm the missions president here at uh, Mission Church. And, uh, I have the privilege of introducing the Potters. Uh, David and Sylvia are actually from our church. They, they attended college at Point Loma, ended up here, and I'll let them share more of that story. But they're really kind of us, <laughs> and it's neat to uh, have watched them over the years. Um, wonderful, humble people who God has used in a mighty way. So, uh, Dave and Sylvia, let's welcome them. It's a joy to be here with you today, and it is so exciting for us to come home to uh, a church where we have roots. Uh, One of our problems is we don't know where home is because we have homes in so many places, but this is one place where we are connected in very many ways, and uh, we've been gone from this church for 27 years living on the other side of the world. And so I just wanted to help you know a little bit about how you are connected with us. Um, David uh, grew up in this church before it moved here to Mission Valley. He lived uh, in San Diego and attended the church when it was at University Avenue. And when he was a five-year-old boy, he made his way down to an altar down here and told God that he would be his missionary because God asked him to. And um, it was at Point Loma that we met. I was from Oklahoma and came here to go to school. And he told me right away, you know, God's called me to be a missionary. And I thought it was cool. I stuck with him. Um, (laughs) We became nurses and uh, lived here for a while. We got married in this church. And um, we were discipled by godly people we we dedicated two of our boys in this church to the Lord and you know they still faithfully walk with God it was here in San Diego as a part of this church that I felt God's call in my life to missions And it was from here that in 1992, we were sent out to our first assignment in Papua New Guinea. We have felt your love and your support. In so many ways, we've had opportunities coming back to let you in on uh, the impact that your financial support and your prayer support has had in our lives. Um. You can tell from our hair that we don't have a lot of years left on the field. We're getting up there. Um, But we're excited about what God yet has to do uh, through us and through our partnership together. Um, I turned 60 last year, and I had a birthday party for myself. And I made a movie (laughs) celebrating life for myself. I just thought, I want a record. I want to think about it. And so I started thinking about my life and all the people that have invested in my life. It was overwhelming. I felt so much gratitude for what God has brought into my life, people that I would never have expected, and a church that has remained faithful to the mission, to the mission. It's in your name. 
So we're excited to be here today and share with you about what God is doing. Well, I want to say God is faithful. (laughs) He's faithful. You can count on him. Praise God. And uh, mainly what we're all about today is just telling you thank you. Thank you for your prayers. You know, the Apostle Paul, he had those who were supporting him, praying for him, uh, helping him financially. And in, in the very first chapter, he said, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And that's how we feel about our partnership together, our friendship together in the Lord. And, you know, in the fourth chapter, then he goes on to say, rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say it, rejoice. I always wondered why I had to say it twice. But then you think of those parents that say, don't make me have to say this again. <laughs> and if they do say it again, it's because it's important. And I think that's why I said it twice, because it's important that we rejoice in Christ and in what he's done. And so we want to celebrate together 16 years of what God has done there in Vanuatu. And it's because of your giving and your praying. And maybe you didn't have any idea what was going on over there, but that's why we're here to update you on that, what the Lord's been doing over there. It didn't take much time for Satan to try to discourage us, one of his main weapons on the field to discourage us. We were in our first taxi cab drive to our hotel when we arrived in 2003. When the driver said, why have you folks come to Vanuatu? So we got a chance to share about our desire to share Christ with people there in Vanuatu. And then he said something surprising. He said, I don't know why you've come. Everybody here is a Christian. Oh, (laughs) kind of like America, a Christian nation. Christianity had been there for 150 years But there were very few people that knew how to have a a personal relationship with Christ. And many people were mixing sorcery and animism, their belief of spirits and everything, together with their Christianity. And so we had uh, zero contacts in Vanuatu when we came. We had never started a church. We had been training nurses in Papua New Guinea And uh, I had been preaching more and working with the district more, but we had never started a church before, never pastored in the States before. So if you were in that situation and you were new to a nation that you were responsible for, how would you start? What would you do? Well, we cried out to God. (laughs) We said, Lord, help us. Help us to know what to do and what to say and where to go. And he did. He helped us. 
there were a lot of neighborhood kids that kept showing up on her porch. And um, we decided that he'd have us start a Sunday school. So that's what we did. Started Sunday school. And then, slowly but surely, the responsibility started adding up. And pretty soon it was overwhelming. We had adult Sunday school classes and youth night and Wednesday night prayer meeting and women's Bible studies. And we started praying, Lord, give us workers that can come alongside and help us in the harvest here. And in 2006, the Lord sent us some missionary partners that we're so thankful for, the Isaac family. The Lord uh, sent us missionary partners, Peter and Jenny Isaac and their three boys. So Peter had uh, pastored a lot in PNG in Papua New Guinea, and he had been the chaplain of the Bible College there, Melanesian Nazarene Bible College. And Peter and Jenny had felt the call of the Lord on their lives to be missionaries And so they came to help us. We didn't have much time to orient them to Vanuatu, the little that we knew about it, but um, because we had home assignment right away. But Peter befriended an old man there, his next-door neighbor, who knew a lot about Vanuatu, and Peter asked him all kinds of questions, and this man told him all kinds of stories. Um, But very tragically, this man died. But before he died, he said, Peter... I want you to be my pastor. He he wasn't even a believer. But he said, I want you to be my pastor. I want you to come to my island. And uh, his family, after he died, and Peter worked with them during the grieving process, uh, they said, we want to honor our father's wishes. And it made it possible for the Church of Nazarene to start in Onawa, which is a small island to the south. So Peter became the district superintendent. He looks after the churches and the pastors. My main responsibility is principal of the Bible College. Now, our Bible College is called South Pacific Nazarene Theological College. And, and uh, in our nation, that means that we are trying to find a place to have a class. We don't have an actual physical campus. But uh, now we have a district center that we can have our classes in. But actually, there's four campuses to SPNTC, South Pacific Nazarene Theological College. Boy, this is a mouthful. Uh, Samoa, Fiji, Vanuatu, and the Solomon Islands. So four campuses, but one Bible college. Uh, So there's 24 courses, and we believe it is so vital to ground our pastors in the Word of God so that they know know the Word and know Him and know how to lead the church forward. And so I'm going to kind of fast forward here. That led to five churches in Port Villa, one on Anawa and one on Tana as well, as well as many preaching points. Those are the organized churches. And then one day our field strategy coordinator said, David, I want you to stop teaching those courses. And I said, what? He said, that's right. He said, I want you instead to prepare the pastors that have graduated from the program to begin to teach those Bible college courses. And so that's what we've been about. The Potter family and Peter and Jenny, we've been preparing and training those who have graduated from the program uh, to teach the Bible college courses. And so um, just last year, we had, uh, well, we've had six graduates so far from the program. And last year, we were able to ordain for the first time 
in Vanuatu, three of our pastors, Pastor Miriam, Pastor Gideon, and Pastor Keithley. Just think, before, on the whole district, there's no reverence, no elders on the district, only the missionaries that are elders. But now there's Pastor Miriam, Pastor Gideon, and Pastor Keithley. Praise God. Yeah. And uh, another graduate, Pastor John, who probably could have been ordained last year, but probably will be this next time, uh, he was able to teach five courses which is wonderful. We try to do at least eight a year, uh, two-week courses during the year. And um, Pastor Gideon also was able to teach five courses. He took a course to Anua as well and a course to Tana, these two islands to the south. And just in April of this year, the district decided to send two of our single pastors, Pastor John and Pastor Peter Daniel, to supervise, to be like circuit uh, DSs or circuit pastors looking after the churches there on the southern islands. Uh, so we're praising God for what he's doing, raising up national leaders in our country, and we're trusting him for that. And eventually we want to see Peter replaced as DS. We want a national DS, and we want a national principal for the Bible college as well. And so we're going to pray to that end. And uh, it's all because of our partnership together that makes it possible that we can continue to be there and serve. And I'd like Sylvia to come and share the rest of the story and what's on her heart. Well, I'm just going to continue in saying um, that I've thought a lot about influence and impact of our lives on other people as I've looked back on my own life. And... Uh, I want to say that um, it's been a joy to have the privilege of uh, working in Vanuatu. And I thank you for your prayer support. We have prayer cards on our table out in the courtyard. And we'd be honored if you would take another card. If you've lost one, they don't change much because we are continuing in the same ministry. But um, pray with us as we wind down and try and work our way out of our job uh, finally and retire in uh, the end of 2021. We've got a lot lot of work to do, but we believe God is able uh, to help us once again to nationalize the school and put um, national men and women in charge of that school. So I thought about impact and the impact that has happened in my life and something that happened in 2010. um, We had district assembly in Vanuatu, And Dr. Jerry Porter, another one of those great general superintendents that was a missionary before, came and spoke to us, gave us all each a little tiny piece of paper, and he said, hold on to this uh, until I tell you what to do with it. And then he went on to ask us a question. He said, "Uh, where is God calling you to take the church where it is not yet? Where is God calling you to take the church where it is not yet? Well, I thought about my country of Vanuatu. I thought about how many churches there were. Our people don't get in cars and drive to church. They walk to church. And so the church has to be very close to where they are. Uh, And so there's lots of churches everywhere. And then I thought about my own neighborhood where four work and witness teams had come to build our house outside of town. And I thought, there's no churches out there. 
And I just felt in my heart like God was saying, write it on your piece of paper. That's where I want you to think about and pray about building a church. So I began to trust God to help me know how and when to go about that, what it would look like. Well, fast forward seven years. Uh, We had been in the States uh, in 2017 for a home assignment, and we're on our way home. We arrived in Bellevue Park, the name of our subdivision, and I noticed that we had some new neighbors. Uh, We're we're outside of town, and it used to be a cow pasture (laughs) where we live. Um, There were people that had bought land, but they had never built a house there. And that was true on both sides of our big two-and-a-half-acre land. So when I saw this little house um, on the right side of our yard, I decided I needed to go down there and meet those people. Um, So I made my way to the fence and met Sarah. That was the mom of the family. And uh, she was excited to meet me, too. She said, I know you. And I didn't know her. And I said, how do you know me? She said, well, when you were pastoring the church at Black Sand, that was on the other side of town, we lived just across the road and down a little bit from where the church was, and we sent our two little children to your Sunday school. And I saw them, and I recognized them, and I said, oh, yes. Well, the next thing that she said to me was, we were thinking that because you're a pastor, maybe you could help us worship every Sunday or every week because we can't we can't leave the property we're we're counted on to be here and protect the land and in my mind I went something went ding and I thought oh I think this is the time uh, this is now the time to start this church and so we started uh, meeting out on a couple of mats under the trees in our yard and talking about God sharing about God's word and his love and that he likes and does work in our lives every day when we allow him to. There were children, and so we started a Sunday school, um, and they didn't give up. They just kept coming. They kept meeting. They didn't uh, kind of lose interest. And so November is uh, the start of cyclone season, and we knew we couldn't just meet out under the ta- under the trees anymore, so we threw a long rope over a couple trees and hoisted a tarpaulin over that, and we had a church just like that. And um, there were three and then four families that were joining us in our front yard. Christmas time, 2017, I got a call from Pastor Gideon, and he said, Pastor Sylvia, do you think that your church could... Um, go and lead the worship at the men's prison on Christmas Sunday. And I thought, yes, we can. And I uh, introduced the idea to our church. They were excited as well. Our children had learned uh, the Christmas story by doing a drama and had four or five songs that they could sing. And so we all piled into a van and we went to the men's prison. There were more children that day that went to the men's prison than there were grown-ups. One of the moms was carrying her little baby, and one of the prisoners, when we walked through the doors, just came up and took that baby in his arms and was just hugging that baby. And I thought, oh, I think these these men haven't gotten to be with their children very often. How much they must long to be with their little ones. 
And so we got to share with them the story of God's love sending his son in the, in the shape of a little baby to show his love to us. And, you know, our people got a chance to serve others. And that was a really important step for our church to come together to serve others. We began to meet on Wednesday nights uh, for Bible study because I, I got the feeling like they didn't know the Bible very well. And we prayed together. And every time we prayed, they would say, we should pray for our neighborhood. We should pray for Bellevue Park. And so we did. They knew that there were a lot of people like they used to do, just stayed at home and didn't go to church anywhere. Well, I began teaching the articles of faith to our people because they were beginning to know the word, but they didn't really connect all those things that we believe with the word. And so we did. We looked at them very, uh, very much in detail at what the word said. And one day, Sarah's husband came to me, uh, James, and he said, you know, I've been learning all this. I've never been a man that went to church. I'm a custom man. I grew up like my fathers did, believing in the spirits and that you had to make a sacrifice in order to appease them so they wouldn't come and destroy our gardens. And, But now I understand that uh, God has saved me and he's given me new life. And you said, you talked about baptism and I was wondering if I could be baptized to to show that I believe in him today and that I'm a new person. And then he said, and I want my whole family to be baptized with me because they were all coming. And his children also had come to faith in Christ as they came to church and Sunday school. So we made plans for baptism at Honeymoon Beach. And it was a joyous day as we baptized James as a child of God and a brother in Christ Jesus, and as we're watching his life transformed by God. Well, November this last year, our tarp was wearing out. But can you imagine just a tarp lasting for a whole year? It did. But we knew it wasn't going to last another cyclone season. It had some big holes that were raining in on us. And so we made plans. James had bamboo. And Jenny had some trees that we could make for posts. And somebody else helped us get some uh, palm leaves to make a roof. And we got a new little church right there in our front yard. It was a great improvement over the tarp. And we noticed that um, our people were beginning to want to help. They wanted to help be the church. And we knew that the church is not a building. It's not this structure that we meet in. And it's not the tarp. It's not that beautiful little palm leaf shelter that we have. It's the people. And so we started building them up and helping them to lead the worship and to count the offering and be responsible for it and count how many people came to church and cared about the people and lead the devotions on Wednesday night. They were becoming the the church. Well, this last Christmas, I wanted us to have another opportunity to serve others So I suggested that we go Christmas caroling. Now, I don't know if you even do that in the States anymore, but they don't really do that in Vanuatu. They have something else. They call it Bonani. And they sing at New Year's, and they practice some songs as a village, and then they go to another village, sing the songs, and then they put their hand out because they want some money or a bag of rice or something like that. So I went around to all our neighbors, and I said, we're coming to give you a gift, and we don't want you to give us anything. We just want to be a blessing to you. 
They all agreed. And we practiced our songs. The children helped me make cookies and fill gift bags for children. And we started out. And the first house that we went to, we sang the songs that we'd learned, and we prayed over the family, and we gave the gift bag to the little boy that was there. And before we could get away from there, the mom said, oh, don't go, don't go. I have something for you. And she brought us a whole pan of brownies. And the next house we went to, we sang our songs, and we prayed for the family, and we gave gift bags to those children. And before we could get away, they said, Oh, don't go, don't go. We made, we bought some cookies, and we have some juice. We want you to share them with us. And every house we went to had prepared for us to come, and they wanted to be a blessing to us, too. We carried off a huge chocolate cake and a whole carton of water. <laughs> well, we got to the last house, and they had prepared for us also. Our candles were very small by that time, and it was very dark, but we could see they were all gathered on a mat. And we sang our songs, and we prayed over the family. It was a big family. And we gave our gift bags away. And then a grandmother stood up, and she said, Thank you so much for coming. Nobody has ever brought the light to our yard before. And I still get this heartbreaking feeling in my heart when I say those words that she spoke to us that day. Nobody has ever brought the light to our yard before. I don't think she was talking about the light of Jesus because she doesn't really know him yet. She was talking about our little candles and just the gift of it. But we invited her to come and be part of our church And a couple Sundays later, here was the whole crowd of their family coming down the road to join us at our little church. And um, this grandmother stood up at the free time. That's when anybody can sing a song or share a Bible verse or tell what God did during their, their week. She stood up and she said, I just have to tell you what happened this morning. My husband, Paul, he got up very early this morning and he insisted that we were all going to come to church with him here and she said we've been trying for months to get him to go to the mormon church with us and he wouldn't go but he he was just very insistent so we came to see what would happen and we thought about all those prayers that we'd prayed for our neighbors and we were thankful for god's answer that day that this family came they still need the light of jesus in their lives they're still searching and we're still praying One more thing. Our partners in ministry, Peter and Jenny Isaac, in February got to come to America, came right to America, Kansas City. They were invited to be interviewed by the uh, Board of General Superintendents and the Mission Board to become global missionaries. And they were sent out. um, They were commissioned, like we were 27 years ago, as global missionaries. They are your missionaries, no longer field, but now global And we praise the Lord for that. And while they were here, they got to experience snow. And maybe some of you have never experienced it either. It was a joy to them. Well, we had a great joy in that we took care of those three boys of theirs for two weeks while they were away. They weren't little anymore. They're all bigger than I am. 
and they have appetites that are just matching that. So I learned to cook a lot more food than I was used to. Uh, they, they worshiped with us. They came to church with us at that little church. They played their guitar. We don't usually have any music for our singing, and Bennett played his guitar for us. One day he came to me and he said, you know, Auntie Sylvia, you've got a lot of young people in your church, and have you thought of having a youth group, you know, having them join with you on a, on a night? And I said, I would love for that to happen, but I am just so, so full already. My schedule's so full, I just don't have time. And he said, well, if it's okay with you, I'd like to do that. I'd like to come over every week and, and help the youth get together. And so thank the Lord for a young missionary kid who felt the call of God to help another church. And Bennett has been helping our church to grow along with the Lord. God is growing his church as we reach out in love to other people. I'm out of time. Um, I thank you. Thank you for letting us be there, for letting us be an influence in the, pe- in the lives of people, for sharing his love. There's so many people in the world that are in dark places like that family that needs the light of Jesus to come to their yard. We are on the same mission. You have people next door to you or at work or that you get your hair cut by or your pedicure from or you know people that are near you that are in dark places that the light of jesus can light up their life too and make a huge change and thank you for being on the mission with us we have a little video we want to share Uh, it shows our people joining for church it starts out kind of slow but I just want you to understand these are your brothers and sisters. They really are your brothers and sisters. They're Nazarenes like you that worship the Lord um, and try and get past the little churches that they join in. Um, They don't feel poor. It, It may strike you as being like they're poor, but they feel like they're loved and cared for by God like you do. Thank you. Just 
Man, he comes to now, you know, we start. Then he said, oh, say, John, you come. He said, oh, they're in from Burgess. So then he said, can I see me? Let him say, you Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, I just love the global church of the Nazarene and the ministry that's so far reaching. I think of uh, the reminder in first John when we are told that God is light in him. There is no darkness and how this couple has dedicated their life. And they've they've been carrying the light. I love the reference to the little lady talking about the light. But that's exactly what you've been doing is carrying the light to that part of the world. And we just get a little bit of a snapshot. I mean, just a little bit of a glimpse of the power and the presence of that light in those people's lives. And, uh, man, I'm telling you what, it charges me up. I get excited when I think about what God is doing, you know, overseas through ministry, through people like these, this beautiful couple this morning. I want to invite our ushers to come forward, and I'm going to just give you a moment. We want to take a love offering. Can we do that? Um, I just want to invite us just to respond today from our heart and uh, let's take a love offering and let's be generous and let's bless the potters as they continue in ministry and uh, thank you so much for sharing and thank you for sharing the stories and lives changed and where there seemed to be there was nothing and something has come out of that because the light of Christ and we just want to support you as this church has so many years I love that Bless you guys. I'm going to pray a blessing on them and for the offering. Precious Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for this couple. I thank you, God, for, Lord, their call. And a calling that started at five years of age to be a missionary. And you work through them. And so, Father, I just pray that you just bless them. And, and Lord, this next uh, 
this next few years as they begin working on the end of this this career, this calling, this mission that they've been on. I pray, Lord, that you would just give them miracles. I pray, Father in heaven, that walls would be torn down and there would be victories that we we get to hear about and that they can report on. And I pray, Father in heaven, that you would just bless them beyond their dreams. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters there in that part of the world. I pray, that, Lord, that you'd continue to call young men and young women to ministry. I pray that, Father in heaven, that, Lord, that the little bit of effort that we we participate in, the dollars that we give, Lord, however it is that we, we participate, I pray, Father, that you'd multiply it and there would be spiritual fruit because the efforts... That, that we are committing to this morning. And so, Father, I pray a blessing upon this offering. Multiply it. Bless it, Father. May it be fruitful. Bless the one that's giving, that's making a sacrifice, and possibly somebody today, even right now, is giving a gift that's a sacrifice. And so, Father, I pray that you'd bless the gift and the giver. Father, I thank you for the challenge that you've given us to realize that our world Lord, it's not just contained in these four walls and it's not just this greater metropolitan area of San Diego. I mean, that is part of the mission field. But, Father, you've called us to a global mission that's greater and bigger than anything that we could ever imagine. And so, Father in heaven, I just pray that you would just move and stir that one heart this morning. Father, maybe it's possible that you might be calling somebody to to missions. Or maybe, Lord, it's something else. And and so, Father, we just trust you with that. And we pray that your blessing would be upon this time and this moment. Lord, be upon this congregation as we respond to you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for bringing this lovely couple to us this morning. Bless their ministry, we pray. In Jesus Christ's glorious name, amen.